Hey, it's just Haley, and this one is spoiler-free. Okay, so like I said in the intro, this is going to be a spoiler-free episode to go along with our spoiler-filled episode about Vampires vs. the Bronx. This one's just going to be me because Eric has a hard time avoiding spoilers, so this will be a shorter one, short, sweet, and to the point. So Vampires vs. the Bronx is a new Netflix film, and the story is pretty straightforward. You can kind of gather it from the title, Vampires vs. the Bronx. So we're following this group of like three teenagers who live in the Bronx, and they are seeing that vampires are slowly taking over their neighborhood. And no one else really notices this, so they're kind of on their own to try to figure out what they're going to do to save their, their neighborhood, the Bronx. So... Our main characters, we got like three teenagers. They're played by Jaden Michael, Gerald W. Jones III, and Gregory Diaz IV. Um, They're all kind of up-and-coming young actors. They've been in things here and there, but they're all very talented, and they got a big future ahead of them. They have a really good chemistry with the, like the three of them have a really good chemistry together, and they really carry the film. They give this whole 80s nostalgia feeling for like films like The Goonies, that kind of thing, like three young people trying to figure out what they're going to do. It's kind of coming of age in a way. They're trying to save save the neighborhood, save the people they love, and defeat some monsters along the way. Another aspect of this film that really works out well is the other people who live in the Bronx in their neighborhood. It's a pretty vibrant neighborhood. There's a whole bunch of different people. Um, We have characters played by Method Man. He's playing a priest who is very involved with the community. Um, Coco Jones is playing a slightly older girl who's she's around and she clearly knows a little bit more about vampires than she's letting on but she doesn't really get involved with the story in the beginning but she's kind of peppering in her little knowledge here and there. Uh, The kid Miro is there playing uh, the leader or the leader the owner of the bodega that the kids spend all their time with and he's kind of like a central figure the main kids are trying to save his bodega for the most part. That's what leads in them into the story as a whole. Um, let's see, other people that are there, like you got Chris Red. You might recognize his face from Saturday Night Live. And he plays a pretty funny character. He's got some one-liners here and there. He kind of sits there with somebody else and they just like make jokes, that kind of thing. They're, they're fun to see. Other faces that you might recognize in this film are Sarah Gaddon. She's been around for quite a while. Her face has been in several films, like from Dracula Untold to, gosh, I'm I'm blanking on some of the other ones at the moment, but she's got a familiar face. She's been around. And also Shea Wiggum. He's also been in quite a few things. Most recently, he played one of the cops in the Joker film that was out recently. But they're also in there and they, they just kind of roundabout the entire cast that we got here. And the cast is one of the things that really makes this film so memorable. Like I mentioned, the story is pretty straightforward. There's really not too much new going on there. It's relying really heavily on influences from other places. Like I mentioned, the Goonies and a little bit of the Lost Boys here and there. Like the vampires, when you actually see them and they vamp out, they look a lot like Buffy the Vampire Slayer vampires. So that's kind of fun to see. And our our main characters learn most of their stuff about vampire hunting from watching Blade. So that's some fun stuff going on there. 
But the film really relies heavily on a lot of those references to other outside sources, and it creates this this feeling of nostalgia that works really well with the fast pacing. It's just a fun watch to see. It is a little bit light on scares, like they could have shown a bit more, but they kind of imply some things without really showing it. That's not to say that it's completely like violence and scare free. It is rated PG-13. So like stuff does happen, but they definitely don't push it as far as they could have with vampires involved. Um, Another factor about this one is that they're using the vampires to tell a story about gentrification in the Bronx. So you have um, the whole vampire thing on the surface level, and they're even trying to touch a social issue at the same time. I don't want to say that that's a more subtle part of the story because it's another like main factor of the story. But there are multiple things going on there. So you can watch it just as vampire stuff and take it at face value. Or you can take the gentrification part also. In terms of the more technical stuff that we tend to talk about, we really don't have too much that we want to point out. Except for that, that brisk pacing that really keeps the momentum going. That's like a really driving factor. The film is only about 90 minutes and this, the pacing that they have going here, it just keeps it moving. Sometimes they will tell you things in dialogue that'll push the story along further rather than showing them and that saves them some time. But for the most part, it's like this kind of rapid editing style that they have going. Like a lot of times they borrow Edgar Wright's kind of montage style and that keeps things moving forward and has like a nice bouncy energy to it. And they utilize that quite a bit. Other than that, there's a lot of just stuff with the vampires. Like I mentioned that they look kind of like the Buffy vampires. So that's pretty cool just to have that, like to look back on and have that nostalgia aspect going. And like, basically it's, it's a pretty straightforward story and it's just so much fun. And Eric and I definitely recommend this one. We've watched it several times as you, if you listen to our spoiler filled episode after this, we do talk about how many times we've seen it and we go into some of our more favorite tidbits that we have going on there, like little things that we see and whatnot, a little, a lot more of the references that we picked up on the film. So we do recommend you take the time to see Vampires vs. the Bronx if you want to have like a, a light, energetic bit of spookiness to get yourself ready for the Halloween season or whatever when you want to see some vampires. So go ahead and watch that one. And then if you like it, come and watch our spoiler episode so you can hear more of our thoughts. Until next time, I'm Haley, and this is Spoiler Free. Spoiler Free.